Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Butterfly Effect podcast. I am Millie Murillo, astrologer and spiritual somatic coach. I'm here with my co-host, Ashley Torrent, psycho-spiritual counselor, psychic, and medium. How are you today, Ashley? I'm great, and I'm looking forward to discussing this topic. With the holiday season, I decided it might be good to discuss the topic of when home no longer feels like home. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought maybe we should start off with, because I know we both have experienced this. Do you remember the time when you realized home didn't feel like home? Yeah, definitely. I think that this happened this happened so early on. Now now having the the knowledge that I have, I think that this felt like that around 1920 mm-hmm. when I was 1920 years old and then just going through the years just still showing up and having to put on a face and pretend to be happy and pretend to enjoy shopping for gifts that I thought were pointless and just not diving into why I felt that. And and it happened rather young and that felt very conflicting. Mm. And, you know, I, I see a lot in my clients over the years and I've seen it even recently after Thanksgiving, this feeling of going home and having expectations to feel a certain way and feeling really disappointed by the lack of connection between them and their parents or their siblings or even friends. And, um, you know, the question is, is it me? Is it them? And I think a lot of people wrestle with this, you know, and what do you do when this happens? Personally, you know, this started happening when my parents divorced and, you know, my grandparents didn't come around for holidays anymore. And we were a very divided family. And just over the years, for me, the holidays were this big buildup to this really horrifying day of just like volatility. Like my mom would just like build up and the pressure and the pressure and then just explode, you know? And so over, you know, just over the years, like there weren't the the cushion between the extra family members to make it joyful. I used to love the holidays because all those people came around. And then when they didn't anymore, it just became this volatile time. And then when I left for college and I came home the first time, I remember thinking, well, I'm not going to go to her house anymore. I actually had a choice and started mm-hmm. spending it with my dad, but he kind of had just given up mm-hmm. and they were very lonely. I remember the last Christmas I spent with him, I showed up and he had a tree, but he didn't decorate or have any lights. And he'd asked me what I wanted. And I wanted a pair of shoes. And there were the shoes under the tree, not wrapped, just in the box he'd bought them in. And he just <laughs> handed them to me. <laughs> and so we'd gone from like, as a kid, you know, baking and people and gifts and songs. And, you know, I wasn't, you know, I didn't like church, but the ritual of going to church, you know, and going right, to look at Christmas right. lights to someone mm-hmm. just saying, here, have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's heartbreaking. I'm laughing, but it's heartbreaking. Yeah. So yeah, you, you remember, you know, what was it like when you started to step away or what was the transition like? So similarly to you as kids, it was exciting. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of what my relationship with my mom has been ever as difficult as it has been when we were kids, she really went all out for Christmas and she did her best and she cooked and she managed to get us gifts. And it was just a joyful, exciting time. And I think that 
as I got older, probably into my teenage years, definitely into my 20s, it just became, and and by that point, the relationship had really shifted. It wasn't as joyful. It was very tumultuous. It became this thing where it was just, it was very stressful. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember one time, I can't remember if it was a Thanksgiving or Christmas Eve dinner, my mom and I got into a big fight. Mm-hmm. And I was already in my 20s, my early 20s. My mom and I got into a big fight that got physical mm-hmm. and shit was thrown. And it was awful because oh, my, awful. My, my brother and his partner were there. My sister and her now husband were there. And everyone was looking forward to it, air quotes forward to it, because it had already been stressful. But we were mm-hmm. like, all right, well, let's just get it over with. You know, we're going to have dinner. And sure enough, right before my mom and I had a big blowout and I remember I left. Mm, And from that point forward, you know, I I have a lot of respect for people who decide not to go to their family's homes for the holidays if they don't feel like it. I have a lot of respect Mm -hmm. for that because I was never able to do that. Even after that big blowout, not only did I continue going back, but it was never talked about. Like we had this blowout and and we never talked. No, that's so common and it's so unfortunate. <sighs> it is because it leaves that. It leaves you with that anger, with that resentment, with that sadness, with that memory mm-hmm. that cannot be repaired in any way. Mm-hmm. And so that that is probably the event that really did it for me and where I feel like to an extent I decided I fucking hate the holidays. Mm-hmm. And and I'll tell you this, even to this day. I I feel that I use the excuse of we have a really small apartment. I don't put up a Christmas tree. I don't put up Christmas lights. I don't, I don't do that. And I think that this year is the first year where I'm actually getting this very like genuine desire to say, I want Christmas to feel like Christmas again. But I've been in this apartment, my partner and I have been in this apartment for five or six years now. I can't remember. Not once have we put up a Christmas tree or, and it comes up and I feel this resistance and I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. We also always go to parents, one of our parents' homes, but I feel it's still that. I feel Mm -hmm. that it was, that moment really stuck with me. It's so traumatic. It's so traumatic and there's no repair. Oh, but the idea of you, I don't know why I love Christmas so much. (laughs) I love the holidays so much. It's like the one month a year that I just indulge in the lights and the tree and I play music Uh all along. And it's like, I don't know, a friend, our friend Fred pointed it out. He's like, maybe you could indulge a little bit more throughout the year in the way you indulge during Christmas. And I don't know how I didn't lose that like spirit, you know, because the first time i I think after that Christmas with my dad, maybe I was 25, 26, because I was living in New York City and I was working, I managed a bar at the time. And I remember just being like, I am not going home. You could go to my mom's and she's going to fight with me, you know, get physical and emotional with her husband and my brother and me, or I can go to my dad's and he just wants to go play golf. I'm just going to stay here. And I remember choosing the possibility of loneliness mm-hmm. over that. Mm-hmm. There was a girl I was friends with at the bar and I remember we, She spent the night at my house. We watched, I don't know if you know the show, Absolutely Fabulous. (laughs) It's a British show. Do you know that show? Uh I do. I love that show so much. We watched it and then we went to a bar and got really, really drunk. And um, 
it snowed that day and it was actually one of the best Christmases <laughs> because I, I was on my terms and it was a little right. lonely to mm-hmm. say, you know, it was lonely in the sense I didn't know what was going to happen and what it was going to feel like, but it was 10 times better than going home to the predictable disconnect, you know, and I just wasn't willing to choose that anymore. Yeah. You know, that, that sense of being alone so many times I thought about that so many times, but I, I probably had places to go and be, I just Mm -hmm. didn't think that they were an option. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, because (laughs) whether it was a shit show at my, at my mom's house or not, it was like something that we did. Right. So Mm -hmm. we would still show up and, and I think that what really made it worthwhile for me was that my brother also really looked forward to it. And and now even mm-hmm. his home, he really gets into the holidays and into Christmas and stuff. And so he was always like that buffer, I feel. Oh, yeah. Poor thing, because I can see mm-hmm. now that that wasn't the healthiest thing. But he was always the reason that I still did it, that I didn't just go away somewhere. So mm-hmm. that that sense of... I always had that sense of, I would rather be alone right now. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? It's sad, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that at the time it was so sad because I didn't have, I didn't have very many friends. I didn't, I definitely didn't have like tools or healthy coping mechanisms, nothing, nothing. I was just on survival mode. And yeah. so it was very sad. Mm-hmm. And when you don't feel like you can make that choice, I think the choice was easier for me because I just moved to New York City. It was what, 600 miles from home. What was anyone going to do if I didn't show up? And mm-hmm. I didn't have many friends at the time, but you know, I also probably didn't have the money to go home. Distance makes it easier to not go because you live in the same, you live in the same place as your family. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So living in the same place makes it, makes it harder. It makes Mm -hmm. it harder. I remember that when I met my partner, the holidays have always been such a big deal for for he and his family Mm -hmm. that I got reintroduced to that. But I had a lot of resistance to it, a lot Mm -hmm. of resistance to the sense of, of obligation of showing up to something that wasn't always the happiest for me. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it might be healing. It is. I I, mm-hmm. I genuinely feel like it is. Um, this is the first year that I feel like I actually thoroughly enjoyed Thanksgiving. Oh, that's wonderful. And I'm looking forward to Christmas. That's not to say that, you know, for the last couple of years, everything's been like shit or anything like that. But I, I can tell how much, how much healing I've needed to do around that. Mm-hmm. Because there's something powerful that happens when there's such a clash like that and there is no repair. It's hard to bounce mm-hmm. back or believe that you can recreate something or to find the desire to recreate that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, you and I both work with clients and, um, you know, one of the things that I've noticed is the question that comes up is why does home no longer feel like home? Mm-hmm. And I think what I've noticed is in my clients is, you know, most of them are the person in the family that really didn't ever mesh with anyone else. They ask a lot of questions. They were curious. They were the truth tellers. Sometimes they were the peacekeepers, but they always kind of moved to the beat of their own drum. Mm -hmm. And when you create distance between you and that community, whether it's friends or family, and you go away for a period of time and you come back, it really holds up a mirror to how much you've changed. And unfortunately, what I've 
heard in, you know, my clients is that they feel like something's wrong with them, that they can't get into the groove with their family or connect in that way. And at the same time, what they're also noticing is that no one's really connecting. People are skimming off the top in conversation. They're not asking any questions. No one's really curious. And what ends up happening is these people feel alone when they're surrounded by people. They feel like an outsider when they're surrounded by people. And I think there are a couple of things that I've been working with them and I've worked on myself with in these kind of situations is, you know, is the situation one where you can adjust your expectations? You know, can you, can you accept people for who they are and expect them to be who they've always been? And can you still show up as yourself and it be okay? And that's a tough one, depending on the situation. And I was just curious if you have thoughts on that or what. (sighs) That, you know, this is interesting. I don't know. I feel that the holidays were just have been probably the most difficult part of my healing in terms of family. Oh wow. Because I went, like I said, I've I've gone into every holiday season, I think for the last 15 years of my life with some kind of resistance. It has subsided over the years, definitely mm-hmm. over the last like five years for sure. Mm-hmm. But there's always some amount of resistance. There's always a certain level of anxiety. There's always like, oh, well, so-and-so is going to be there. And they're probably going to be like this. And and creating this these scenarios. And I, I, you know, I have to be transparent. It's it's hard. It's been hard for me to manage my expectations. And I've had mm. so much resistance to even managing them. Mm. This is such a this is such a sensitive topic for me because I think that especially this year in doing a lot of healing I realize how much I, I can recreate in my own life that I haven't yet I don't know that I've fully gotten to the point where of how I can recreate the holidays for my life. Right. So the managing of expectations is 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 hard because I have for the most part, moved into the holidays with a lot of anxiety. And I think that it has a lot to do with that particular event. And maybe not trusting that people yeah. can be any different. Yeah, no, yeah, no. And and they've probably shown that they are, I mean, maybe not to that level, but they have, they're not very different in some ways. Because another thing that I ran into, particularly when, when my partner and I started dating is again, for his family, um, the holidays were always a really big deal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you had the matriarch in their family, which was his grandmother, who has now since passed. So there was a lot of tradition, like the women got together and cooked and like did all the things. And so to me, it was like, I'm, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't right. do that. Right. I don't do that. Not only because I was resisting, like filling that role, but also because of my own experiences that that added the resistance. Mm-hmm. And so I'm the I've always been, I think, also in in my own way of rebellion, been like, well, I'm just going to order dinner from Whole Foods and mm-hmm. you know, catering from Whole Foods, and just really establishing myself in that way. That now, which is interesting, this year I actually cooked. Amazing. I actually cooked and I used the oven and I made <laughs> stuff from scratch. <laughs> but honestly, I felt like, holy shit, I, I'm, I'm happy to do this. I'm happy to do this. It's, wow. Yeah. Very it's a different. Big shift. 
It and is. Isn't it interesting when we're modeled that, you know, I remember growing up and, you know, the women cooked and they were in the kitchen and setting the table mm-hmm. and doing the cleaning and the men just sat around and watched football and played <laughs> games. And I, I always wanted to hang out with the men because they were playing the games and like having mm-hmm. a laugh, you know, but the dynamic mm-hmm. was just so separate. And I'm so mm-hmm. grateful now that my husband, everything mm-hmm. we do together, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we, we kind of conquer, divide and conquer, but yet we're, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's not sitting in the corner in his easy chair, you know, just watching right. a game because I couldn't, that would drive me crazy. But I love yeah. what you're talking about is taking cooking back. Mm-hmm. And I think there are many things in our lives that we get so turned off by because of how it was modeled for us. And then we mm-hmm. can take it back for ourselves. And mm-hmm. I love when that happens. Did you enjoy the cooking? I did. I did. It was, it felt genuine. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it felt like it was definitely a moment for me where I thought, oh, man, this is, this is, I'm healing. This part of me is healing. This part of me is not so attached to that experience anymore or to that story anymore. Isn't that amazing when that happens? Mm -hmm. Oh, Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I was just thinking you were talking about not being able to manage your expectations of other people. And I know something else people really struggle with is people seeing them as who they used to be and not who they Mm -hmm. are today. And Mm -hmm. being put back into that old version of themselves, you know, that teenage self, that college self, whatever it was, if you struggled in some way with something or you had an identity, your friends and family often just assume that's the person you are. And two things happen. One, people just naturally regress when they're around old family and friends. They naturally become a younger version of themselves. So one of the things I really would like to work on with my clients is before you go home, make sure you show up as the adult version of you, knowing mm-hmm. that you'll be pulled to become a younger version of you, especially when your friends and family are talking to you like that old person or expecting right. you to be that older version. But really check in and be like, what part of me is mm-hmm. here? Is it a younger self or is it my adult self that's done all this work or healing? And then the other thing that I think happens is um, changed and they just can't accept it or they don't want to see you for that even though you're trying mm-hmm. to stay that version. Have you had an experience of this? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've definitely heard client stories, right? And so I like to really prep in terms of, okay, what do you need to prep before you go into a space like that? What do you need mm-hmm. to do? What does that look like? Do you need to take a nap? Do you need to meditate? Do you need to talk to someone and call someone? Do you need a pep talk? Do you, what do you need? Right. Mm -hmm. And I, one thing that I find helpful too, but this is just in any social situation. And I was just talking to you about this is if there are moments where you need to step away to recalibrate Mm -hmm. by all means do so Mm -hmm. because there is this, it's almost like you go back in time when you go home for the holidays, because it's exactly for what you just said, you know, people treat you the way that they've known you all along. So Mm -hmm. I think, and I'm noticing this more now after COVID, right. And after pandemic that there were people who didn't see their families for one, two, three years, Mm -hmm. you know, for whatever, you know, for, you know, all of the reasons that we know. And in between people were doing a lot of work. Yes especially, you know, our clients, right. Or or anyone who works with a facilitator, 
So when they went back, it was a shock. It was a shock to others. It was just, it was a shock to themselves and to their own nervous system. It was a shock. And so I think that things like that, taking a step away, you know, claiming those, those moments, those 10, 15 minutes of alone time going out and, you know, just take, taking a, a deep breath somewhere. Because for me, again, I didn't manage my expectations. I was very much in defensive mode for a long time. So what I did was that I, I fought back a lot. Like I, I, this is who I am now. And if you don't like it, then you don't like it. Well, I get to say this now. Like it was, it was very confrontational almost, Mm -hmm. but it was the only way I knew to protect who I was becoming. Mm -hmm. I don't know that that's the healthiest way, but in that moment, (laughs) maybe beautiful. I'm curious to see. Yeah. I mean, I think it's beautiful because I think everyone has their style, right? I'm a Mm -hmm. runner. So I ran. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not coming home. I've dropped Mm -hmm. you. I've cut you out. You're done. (laughs) You know, and I've obviously matured and I know how to not do that. But with these people, I needed to do that. Right. But I love that you stayed in. And the thing is, I couldn't fight for myself because one, it was dangerous with some people. And two, they were unwilling to even listen or engage. And I love Mm -hmm. that you could fight for yourself, whether they were listening or not, but you were. That was some part of you establishing space, you know, taking Mm -hmm. up space grabbing your own power. And I think it's just vibrant and and beautiful. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you saying that because it it always felt like, like I shouldn't be doing this, but there was this other part of me that thought, no, I'm, I'm going to freaking do this, you know, Mm -hmm. because like you said, I think that the fact that I, that all of my family lives here in LA, we all live here. We're all, you know, relatively close. It's hard to just cut people off. Yeah. Um, And so I thought, well, if I'm not going to do that, then how do I establish myself? And so, yeah, there was a part of me that was definitely the, the fighter for, for a few years, a few holiday seasons. Yeah. um, Fighters aren't very popular, but they're really dynamic. (laughs) I've come to appreciate (laughs) the fighters um, that I know and love. Yeah. Yeah. As like my husband says, he's the fart in the elevator. Because he will just tell the truth. And I love that yeah. about him. Uh, he is unwilling yeah. to to like compromise the truth when someone's denying it. And yeah. so it's really beautiful that you were doing that. And this brings me to the next part. So, you know, what do people do when home is no longer safe? Others aren't reciprocating or honoring the relationship when there's no responsibility taken and no repair. And I can say on my part, I left mm-hmm. all of them behind. And I have no regrets. That's not for everyone. We've talked about this in episodes mm-hmm. before. I have no regrets. I'm a more vibrant, alive, healthier human being, being separate from those humans. And I was talking to a client the other day and she said, it was interesting to talk to her. She said she felt that there was a part of her that felt like she owed her parents something and it's not a healthy relationship, but she felt like she owed them something like there was this cultural pull to honor the relationships. Like she, maybe she wasn't doing enough or And Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember exactly what she said, but it was like the sense of owing her -hmm. life to them in a way. Mm -hmm. And I like to say, hold on. So who we are as a culture in the United States now and wherever you are, I think we've become these nuclear families. We've Mm -hmm. become these nuclear families with very little community. Humans are not supposed to grow up this isolated, you know, where you have a Mm -hmm. mom and dad, maybe, maybe a single parent and kids, but you don't have a lot of support, you know, or just living alone. Where we come from originally, 
our tribes, larger communities. And what I said to her, if your father had been in one of those communities, he would have been pushed to the outside. Mm -hmm. The person that would have been welcome to the table would be you, an intuitive person, a wiser person, more of a healer. They would not have tolerated in those communities an abusive bully. Mm -hmm. We in our culture have tolerated that. And so Mm -hmm. we who are born to these people, I'm not saying everyone, I feel like we, we have this idea that family blood is blood. And it's, to me, it's an overblown sense of obligation because mm-hmm. I really believe that family is made out of love and you create your own family. And if that is part of your natural family, your bloodborne family, that is incredibly beautiful. But if we were going to go back to where our ancestors lived, you know, however long ago, some of these people would not have been welcomed to the table, welcomed to any sort of ceremony until they got their shit together. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And those right. people that are my clients, you know, that show up and they have like a more intuitive sense of being, they're different from their family. They're more connective. They would have been the people being the advisors, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I think, so what I said to her is like, this is a, this is not where you're getting this. I feel like is brainwashing, you know, this like mm-hmm. obligation. And I want to, I understand that not everybody can separate or not everybody should, but I think we need to look at if someone's abusing you If someone's hurting you in a way that's toxic to you or harmful to you, you don't owe them anything, whether they're your father, your grandfather, your mother, your sister, nothing. As far as I'm concerned, we come into this world. They might be vessels that support our introduction to this human life. But sometimes that's on a spiritual level. I think sometimes they're just the vessels we come into the world through. It doesn't mean we're supposed to honor it. And I think that part of our spiritual growth is deciding like, who do we surround ourselves with and what is our obligation to ourselves and to our higher self and to um, the idea of if we choose to put ourselves in abusive relationships, we're contributing to that abuse and to the harm of the collective. But if we choose love and to surround ourselves with love, then we're promoting healing. So I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> no, you know, I, I, I absolutely agree. I think that again, my personal experience with was very much like that cultural sense of obligation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt it. And, and, and that's yeah. why I showed up in the way that I did. Um, but you're right. Like, and, and I think that that's what became so clear to me. I, and I thought to myself, well, if I'm going to show up like this can't continue the certain type right. of behavior and the certain type of expectation is just not going to continue. Right. And so that's why I just fought and fought for so long. That sense of like, okay, here's where I have to fight again. Um, mm. You shouldn't have to fight. Exactly. You shouldn't have to fight to be seen and heard. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think that, you know, one of those moments, if, if I could do it all over oh. again, I think if I could do it all over again, I probably would take space. I probably mm. would have, I probably would go somewhere else. And I'm saying that because I think that there's something about saying, I'm not going to go home for the holidays, or I'm not going to spend the holidays with, you know, the group of people that I always have. Mm-hmm. There's something about that, that is the reclaiming of you in that, of, in that moment in time. Yes. And there's something really beautiful and empowering about honoring that. Can it come with loneliness and some sadness and all of the other things? Yes, but I think there is something very valuable and powerful in practicing, in practicing saying, 
I'm not going to do that this year. Yes. And knowing that you, not only that you have the option, but that you have actually exercised it, you now know that you get to exercise that at any time you want and that you don't owe anyone anything if you genuinely don't feel like being there. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And and so that's... That's something that I think that it's okay to exercise because I think that if, let's say that you're someone who doesn't want to just, you know, completely separate from your family. Okay. Give it a shot one year, give it a mm-hmm. shot one year, reclaim that for yourself, have that moment for yourself, have that time for yourself. Mm-hmm. So that if you do decide to go back or you, who knows, you might decide that you don't and that this is just how you want to spend your holidays. But at the very least, you exercise that and you say, Okay. I now I know that I can do this. Now I know that I don't really don't have to. Right. Um because like I said, just fighting to be heard and seen and understood, that's not fun. And no. and yeah, it's it's great that that I did it and that I was able to do that for myself, but I I didn't enjoy it. No. You know? No. And the loneliness you can feel in a room full of people mm-hmm. um that when the relationships aren't healthy is way worse than saying, I decide this year I'm not doing that. And that's a different kind of loneliness, but I guarantee mm-hmm. it won't be the same. And there's so right. many things that I, I have recreated the holidays for myself. I have taken them back. It is a peaceful time. We do what we want to do, but we, you know, whatever ritual it is for you, you know, um, if you like a tree, if you like lights, I love trees, I love lights, but really like I love a natural tree. I love being grateful to the tree for coming into our home for a whole month. I just feel so much Mm. gratitude. I love the lights and the twinkle and the start time of year. You know, I do have kids, so it's really fun um, Mm -hmm. creating surprises and doing it with them. But for a long time, it was just Lair and I, and he was on board. And um, each year we just added something else and it's gotten Mm -hmm. bigger, not like commercially bigger, but as much as like, bigger in our hearts and bigger in our family and watching the holiday movies together and making sure we get them all in. And, um, but there something really powerful about knowing the holiday is ours and we've reclaimed it and we get to define it and create it, whatever it is. And sometimes for people that could be like, I hate the holidays. I want to reclaim this day and whatever I want to do, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's beautiful too. Absolutely. And I thank you for saying that, especially the part of every single year, you just made it your own. Mm -hmm. I remember in 2018, my partner had a tour in Japan. So he's a musician and and he had a, I think it was like a one month tour in Japan and it was all throughout the holidays. So it was like mid-December to the first week of January or something like that. And (laughs) I, I remember being so ecstatic. One, because we were going to get to travel. I didn't go to the entire tour with him. I met him towards like the end leg of the tour, but I knew that we were not going to be here for the holidays. Wow. (laughs) And And you're so excited. I was just the happiest I've ever been during the holidays ever. But what was beautiful about that time was that we had such a beautiful time. Mm -hmm. And for him, it was the first time being away from the holidays from his family, which was always really important. So it was a different experience. Like, oh, I get to experience the holidays differently for different reasons. And for Mm -hmm. me, it was, I get to be away from that. And I get to have an excuse to not be there and not buy people gifts. 
and just, (laughs) and travel, which is the thing that I love the most, right? So all that to say that, again, the reclaiming of that day and what feels the most genuine Mm -hmm. in that moment, that year, I think that's also an important thing. Checking in where you are that year. Because remember those stories, they're on a loop, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we forget how much on a loop they are. So we base a lot of our present moment and past experiences without checking in. Where am I now? Where, where is this relationship right now? Where is the dynamic with my family right now? And I think that for me, the last two years, last year and this year, doing that and being intentional about that actually is easing me into the holidays again and making them my own because that was the flip side. I did realize how much of my very awful past experiences I was bringing into the present. And I don't want my holidays to suck. I, I, I want to enjoy them. I think that's a wonderful idea is just like making sure like, where are you a year later? How are you Mm -hmm. feeling about how you want to handle it? What is your energy? What is your emotional bandwidth? Mm -hmm. And I don't think we give people enough permission to Mm -hmm. change it up. I don't think we give people enough permission to decide this year, this works for me. This year, it doesn't. Like last year, we went to our good friends in New York for Thanksgiving. This year, it just didn't feel feasible with time. I didn't feel like the money, anything. And Mm -hmm. that should be okay. Like we should be Mm -hmm. entrusted to decide what, feels appropriate and good to us instead of this obligation or fear of disappointing people. Now, I know it's not always easy for people, but maybe if we could just gently introduce the idea that it's okay and that people will be okay, they will heal. You get to take breaks, you get to take space, you know, so asking yourself what would feel good to me. And even if you can't choose it, like sometimes even I've had clients say, I really wish I could stay in a hotel. And we've worked for years on them finally getting to the place that they can stay in a hotel instead of in their home with their family. Mm -hmm. Even if you can't say yes to whatever it is this year, ask yourself, what would I do if I could? And start making that list and work your way towards it being okay. And once those Mm -hmm. people stay in a hotel, they never regretted it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Never regrets it, creating space. Right. Yeah. I think that that is so important. It's exactly what you said, giving yourself the permission to letting it be what your nervous system needs it to be at that moment in time. Mm -hmm. Really, like it has to be like that Mm -hmm. because I think that's how we heal parts of ourselves. What can my nervous system tolerate right now this year? Yeah. I, I got okay after a certain amount of time with being, you know, the fighter and the one that said, I'm not going to do that. And you can get mad. And I, I got okay with that because on the flip side, I started noticing again, that that sense of permission, right? So again, when I met my partner, very traditional family, I noticed how much stress it brought to his mom, for instance. And I remember thinking like, why is she stressing out? Like she should, like, she doesn't have to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I remember that like the second or probably the second holiday that we all spent together, you know, little old me, like they don't, they don't know me. I said to her, I'm like, you know, she was like complaining about the turkey or something. I was like, why don't you just order it from somewhere? And the way that like her face lit up, like it was never something that she had thought about. Right. Wow. Like it wasn't something that was okay. She didn't know that was an option for her. No one had ever given her the permission to do that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that she could hear it. Exactly. And yeah. I, when I said it, I was a little nervous, right? But I was like, well, 
I mean, I'm not going to cook. So <laughs> she doesn't have to cook for me. If I don't want to cook, why should right. she feel she has to cook for me? I don't want right. her to cook if she doesn't want to cook. Like that's not fair, right? Right. But that's just not often how it's held. Wow. So with that said, sometimes when you are the fighter, you remind people that they have the permission to do or not do certain yes. things. I love that. And I don't think your your partner's mother doesn't sound like this, but I'm sure many people listening have probably spent the holidays with someone who's in the kitchen who is the martyr. And mm-hmm. nothing is least joyful than being cooked for and hosted by a martyr. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying this gently, but I think it, people can recognize this. They're choosing to do it. They feel like they should do it. It's their role, but they hate every minute of it. And they usually end up snapping at people. And sometimes the food tastes like they resent it. And it just really sucks because it's like, if you can't put joy into it, then don't do it. And I've Mm -hmm. even had to say this to myself. I think it wasn't so much as wanting to be a martyr. I mean, I think there's people that, you know, they, they're used to sacrificing their time and energy and hope for appreciation and they hate every minute of it. But I've even had to, I found myself like hosting something and just being so stressed or tired with something that was going on in our lives that I wanted to do it, but I wasn't enjoying anything. And this Saturday for my son's birthday, I, I cooked fish tacos for everyone and I loved it. And I really kept saying to myself, make this joyful or don't do it. Mm-hmm. And it went by so amazing. Like, you know, I made pico de gallo, guacamole, you know, I just, I fried all Mm -hmm. the fish. I did all the things and it was like a three hour process and I loved it. And everybody stood around me and talked to me. That was because I chose it Mm -hmm. rather Mm -hmm. than, you know, being annoyed or stressed or needing it to be perfect. I didn't need it to be anything other than it was. Now that, that has been a process but it makes such a difference. Absolutely. All the difference in the world, all the difference in the world. This is just one of those times that I think really triggers that. Do I have the permission to, to do or not do certain things? Yeah. And you just, I think that as long as you come back to what feels honest to you right now, that's more than enough. It's more than enough. Just because I made mac and cheese from scratch this year and mashed potatoes and actually put stuff in the oven and all of that doesn't mean that I'm holding myself to that standard for Christmas or next year. For you. Okay. Good for you. I'm just making that I'm just making that very clear for everyone. <laughs> no expectations. No, because I wanted to do it this year. And if I don't want to do it next year, then I'm just not. Then it's back to Whole Foods Catering. That's so beautiful. We have to. We have to. Otherwise, we continue perpetuating the cycle of obligation. And that's not love. (laughs) No, no, it's not love. And I think the last thing that I I have, you know, that I wanted Mm -hmm. to bring to this conversation was I've always kind of I haven't hated, but maybe been annoyed when people say, you know, building a home within yourself because for some people that's easier than others. Like, what does that even look like? You know, especially if you've, you know, I don't know, coming, coming from where I came from, building a home within myself felt very difficult considering I had a hard time being in, in, even in my own body, but Mm -hmm. I have done that. And I think what I've realized is that in my most challenging moments and in my, maybe my loneliest moments or moments that could be very lonely, no matter what I was doing, because I've created that soul connection and nurtured my spiritual practice and my spirituality. I don't experience loneliness like I used to. And so, you know, we, these conversations are often so about personal evolution and spirituality and transformation that, you know, as much as I've hated that idea because people made it sound easy, I do want to encourage that when you have that space inside your heart to come home to and 
you're not into story, you're not in your ego, but you're really in the love of your heart and maybe you feel grounded or you can go for a walk and feel in contact with the earth or the trees or whatever it is that nurtures you, meditation, mindfulness, water, it alleviates some of that cultural obligation, the loneliness, that family disease that can really bog us down. Yeah, definitely. It's it's one of those things where I, I agree. I agree in, in terms of with what you said of how do you create a home within yourself? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. That takes a lot of work. That yes. takes a lot of that because that means something different to every individual. Yeah. That's a great point. <laughs> that means something different to every individual. It's your own process. It's your own experience. Even if you have a facilitator, you're the only one who really knows what that feels like inside of you. So to make that a focus, I mean, throughout the year, of course, not just in preparation for the holidays, but to make that a focus in general, I think allows for things like the holidays to be experienced differently, whether it's because you do decide to, you know, go back home or not. Mm -hmm. You're creating a foundation, again, of, of home within yourself to come back to, but it does have to be intentional. And I don't think that it's easy at all. And I think you have to go really deep down within to really figure out and have a visceral experience of what that is. I think, yeah. and you know, I could be wrong, but I don't no, I feel that right. there's any, any other way around it. You have no. to go very intentionally and deep within. Yeah. So I hope this conversation has been helpful. Do you have anything else you wanted to add that might be helpful to anyone? Um, no, I, I, this is a beautiful conversation. And I think that, I mean, at least I'm having it at a time in my life where I'm still healing that part of my own journey. So, you know, the best way that I know how is to continue being a fighter and, and to just be okay with doing whatever I feel like doing at the time. And sometimes yeah. it's just that simple. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hope this was helpful. And is there anything you're offering of, I'm, I'm not having any classes till March, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to speak about anything you're offering or anything upcoming. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, yes, I am currently offering the 2023 year reading. So it's, it's a looking ahead reading. I do an extensive reading of 2023 based on your chart. It's a 75 minute reading when usually my readings are 45 minutes, but this is an in-depth reading so that you have an energetic map of what's in store for you next year. So if you go to my Instagram, that is where I have the links where you can book your reading. Oh, and keep an eye out. In January, we will be announcing a retreat in Costa Rica with two of our colleagues and friends, which we're very excited about. So more will be coming about that. Yes. So, so excited about that. Yes, we will announce in January to give everyone enough of a heads up so that you can all join us in June. Thank you so much, Ashley, for bringing up that topic. Beautiful, beautiful conversation. Again, we hope that it is of service and we will talk to you all next time. Take care. Bye. Bye.